Welcome to episode two of No Cap, where we get real and honest about the life of a social worker. We will delve into social issues that occur all around us. I am your host, Ayala Schwartz, a senior in the Human Service Studies Department at Elon University. Today, I will be interviewing Sharice Wolf, who is the Director of Social Work at Twin Lakes Community for Independent Living and Assisted Living. She has been a licensed social worker since 2001 and joined the Twin Lakes staff in 2016. Here's Sharice. Hi, Sharice. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. We're so excited to have you. Okay, so to start off, can you describe the organization here at Twin Lakes? Sure. I, um, I work for Twin Lakes. I'm the director of social work for independent living and assisted living, um, which is the majority of our campus. Um, and we're here just to, to serve our residents. You know, our residents move here um, so that we can walk this journey with them. Um, many of our residents are still very independent, but as they progress, um, either um, cognitive decline or physical decline, we're here to help them as they age. Um, I love to help people age in, in place um, and just with dignity and with the services that they need. Um, can you describe more of the goals of Twin Lakes? So our goals are to, to help people age well, you know, um, provide the services they need, give them dignity, um, be here to support their families um, as well as the residents um, and caregivers. You know, many times there's a spouse that is declining and I'm here to help the spouse um, deal with it or help the other spouse. How many employees work at Twin Lakes? Um, so we have anywhere from 380 to 400, um, according to like um, the, the people that just work as needed, um, but anywhere from 380 to 400. And can you tell me a little bit about um, what their positions are? So we have administration. Um, so every level of care has administrator. Um, we have like the business office. We have um, social work. We have nursing. We have certified nursing assistants, um, including in independent living. We have home care that are certified nursing assistants, every other level of care. Um, we have those. We have grounds men. We have maintenance men. We have dietary staff. We have housekeeping um, we are a big staff um, that work really well together. So what services does this agency provide? So we have a, a plethora of services for um, our residents, in, especially like in independent living as well as our higher levels of care. So in independent living, we do really try to help people age in place. We want them to be able to stay in independent living as long as they can. So we have services such as housekeeping that can come in, um, home care, um, which is certified nursing assistants that come in with bathing, dressing, um, going shopping for you, um, all those different services. We have um, pharmacies that can deliver your medicines and blister packs. Um, we have um, meals on our own meals on wheels. Um, so like it's our pepper tree cafe can deliver meals to residents in independent living. Um, we have care coordination. Like if people are really um, struggling to keep up with all of their appointments, then um, a social worker in my department can do care coordination for you. So we have a lot of these different services to help people to age well and to age with dignity. Then we have the higher level of cares, which we have um, Deacon Point Assisted Living, which is a 
independent model assisted living. We have memory care assisted living, which is a medical model for people with a, a cognitive impairment. Then we have Cobal Creek um, Healthcare, which is our skilled level of care. So the sickest of the sick go there, or if they need rehab, like if they've broken a hip or something and they need short-term rehab, they can go there. Um, about 50% of my people that go to Cobal Creek, I'm able to then get back to either assisted living or independent living. Do you feel that these services provided fit with the mission, vision, and values of the agency? It definitely does, um, because our, our whole mission is to be able to walk this journey with people and help them to age well. And all of these services, whether in independent living or the higher levels of care, um, is meant to do that, to help people as they age, whether they have physical decline or cognitive decline. We're here to help them. Can you tell me about the population that Twin Lakes serves? Sure. Um, so our population is anyone over 65. Um, if you have a spouse that's over 65, then someone could move in as long as one of the spouses is over 65. But everybody else is over 65. Um, we have people from all over the country that move here. Um, some local people, some people that maybe their children live here. Um, we're so centrally located in North Carolina that we can have people that their children live in Greensboro or their children live in Raleigh. Um, and yet this is close enough and so they choose to live here. So really from all over the country we have people that move here. Um, it's also kind of a nice weather so you know generally it's not too hot, it's not too cold, so a lot of people move here for that. Um, it is a community that you buy into. Um, there are maybe a few people that are here that have for specific reasons um, have been subsidized but typically it is people that can afford to buy in and, and then live here and pay the fees that are monthly. So what are some common issues faced by this population? Um, I think the two main issues that we face and that I work with specifically is people that have cognitive decline or physical decline. So maybe their memory as they age, their memory um, is really having um, some impairment, um, maybe even dementia, um, or they really have physical decline. You know, they have gotten an illness or they've fallen and broken something um, and or just, just or, or as they age, they're just physical decline. Can you discuss some of the strategies and interventions that are used at Twin Lakes? Sure. So we really do work with people to think through options. You know, like I said, I love to help people age in place, but then we do have higher levels of care. Um, so it's really helping navigate through when, it, when we want to help them age in place and offering these different services and helping them to accept these services. Um, and then really looking at when is it time to move to a higher level of care. And that can be due to their cognitive decline. It can be due to their physical decline. Those two kind of issues that we're always kind of helping them walk through. Um, a lot of times I use motivational interviewing um, to kind of help them to process through um, what would be the best decision. Is Do they really want to stay in their home? Then they've got to accept services. Or is it really time? And I kind of do the motivational interviewing to kind of help them come to that own decision. Um, we very much so um, respect resident rights, that they have the right to make that decision, um, even if it's a bad decision, even if it's maybe not the safest decision, they have that right to make that decision until deemed incompetent, until they're not able to make those decisions on their own. Um, and so those are some of the strategies and interventions that we, we use just to help people as they navigate this journey as they age. 
What are some of the strengths and protective factors that you have identified among your clients? Um, we have amazing residents here. It is one of the fav my favorite things about working with here is getting to know them, um, their life experiences, their educational backgrounds, all the amazing things that they've done in their life. Um, and so many of them are very intelligent and have all of these different accomplishments. Um, I think that's really a strength and a protective fa factor. Um, many of them also have supportive families, um, also neighbor support. <laughs> like when they move in on a certain court, those neighbors really get to know each other and support each other and care for one another. And they're really good at letting us know when somebody's struggling. You know, maybe somebody's not willing. They're kind of in denial and they don't want to tell that they need help. But then their neighbors will call us and let us know somebody's really struggling. And that helps us to know when to get involved and help somebody. Um, so that's definitely some of the strengths and protective factors. But um, like I said, our residents here are really amazing. Can you tell me about the social issues that affect marginalized clients here at Twin Lakes? So when we think about marginalized clients, um, I really don't feel like I, our clients are marginalized due to like race or sexual orientation. Um, the majority of our population that we work with are, are white, um, but the ones that we do have, we have a few um, from Asian descent, um, a couple from India, um, a couple of African-American couples that live here, and they are very well embraced and loved upon um, here in our community. Um, I think the marginalized clients that, that I mostly deal with would be the people with dementia. Um, and people, uh, including families, including other residents, um, do not understand that people with dementia still have rights. You know, they still have, until deemed incompetent, they still have the right to make, to self-determine. They have the right to make their own decisions. And so um, I, I think that's where I have to step in a lot and be their advocate to say, they're still, even though they have the, a cognitive impairment, an early stage of cognitive impairment, I mean, it does get to the point where they can't make their decisions um, because they can't understand the consequences of those decisions. But um, I, I think that's the marginalized population that I would say I mostly work with here. So just a little bit of information on what dementia is. According to Mayo Clinic, dementia is a term used to describe a group of symptoms that affect memory, social abilities severely enough to interfere, interfere with your daily life. And this isn't a specific disease, but several diseases can cause dementia. Though dementia generally involves memory loss, memory loss has different causes. And having memory loss alone does not mean you have dementia, although it's often one of the early signs. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of progressive dementia in older adults, but there are a number of causes of dementia Depending on the cause, some dementia symptoms may be reversible. Here are some examples of some symptoms. Memory loss, which is usually noticed by someone else. Difficulty concentrating or finding words. Difficulty with visual, visual and spatial abilities, such as getting lost while driving. Difficulty reasoning or problem solving. Difficulty handling tasks. Difficulty with planning and organizing. Difficulty with coordination and motor function. Confusion and disorientation. Um, and some physical changes are personality changes, depression, anxiety, inappropriate behavior, paranoia, agitation, and hallucinations. According to BMC Geriatrics, people with dementia describe experiences of loss that threaten their autonomy and ability to contribute to society. 
They often have difficulties with orientation, loss of role function, and fear about the future, and they need, and need, and they need help from others. So what efforts does Twin Lakes work to do to reduce a social problem for this marginalized group? Um, I think with the, the marginalized group that I'm talking about, people that live with dementia, um, I think education is our biggest one. Um, and so we do, um, I offer a dementia caregiver support group. Um, I also do a lot of dementia training for staff. Like we want to be dementia ready um, across the campus. So maintenance men, transportation, um, our home care agency, as well as our higher levels of care, I do like personal personalized training for each department so that they know um, exactly like what to look for and how to help somebody, um, as well as to kind of advocate for them that they have to, the right to make the decisions for themselves, as well as giving them tools to navigate through working with somebody with dementia. Some evidence-based strategies that are helpful to a person with dementia include cognitive training strategies like specific memory training, general problem solving, or use of mnemonic devices, multi-sensory stimulation, word games, puzzles, and social activities, as well as the use of external memory aids such as notebooks or calendars. Can you um, just touch on a little bit more about what exactly makes this group vulnerable? Sure. Um, so when we think of somebody with dementia, we think of their cognitive decline, which includes their daily functioning, which may include their judgment, um, which makes them very vulnerable to like scams um, or just people to take advantage of them. We have a lot of people that we really have to watch with the phone calls. You know, they'll get phone calls and get scammed out of money. Um, so it makes them very vulnerable. Um, also, just as the dementia progresses, we see their, their physical decline as well. And so this, their daily functioning can really make them vulnerable population. Um, we can see it with driving issues. You know, um, people that have cognitive impairment, um, at some point, they're not safe to drive anymore. Um, and so that can make them very vulnerable. Um, so that's why we're here, um, to help them, to protect them, to work with both the resident and their families, um, you know, to make sure that staff are caring for them well. And that just goes into what our mission is here. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I've learned so much from you and I'm excited to continue learning more throughout the semester. Yes. Well, hey, thank you for having me on your podcast.